This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. your faith profits anybody? Does it, is there any action, any proof that you do have faith in Christ? Faith of a believer in Christ is something that is visible. It's supposed to be visible. The world ought to see it, witness it, and even profit from it, benefit from it. Faith is a faith that produces fruit and action. As Christians, our lives must look like Jesus. If we live our lives focused solely on ourselves, consumed by our needs and what we want, then that is exactly what people will see, us. In today's message, Pastor Eddie will remind you that your life should produce more Christians. The way you live and love should look crazy in comparison to the world. Share the love of Jesus Christ selflessly and live knowing that Jesus loves you selflessly. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of James chapter two. As he begins his message, Faith without works is dead. James chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 14 to 26. James chapter 2, verses 14 to 26. Now, the passage before us gives us the theme for the entire book of, of James. This is the theme. This is the heart of the letter. And uh, it has to deal with faith and works. Faith and works. So, let us read the passage, and then we look at this individually, verse by verse. James chapter 2, verse 14. James writes this. What does it profit... My brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus, also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham my father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them on their way? Whereas the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is is dead also. Now, please allow me to give you an introduction here before we begin our verse-by-verse -verse study. 
The book of James, particularly this passage, has been misunderstood by many Christians, and throughout Christian history, it has produced much debate, discussion, and even division to this day. And we can go far as back as the 1500s. In the 1500s, the reformer Martin Luther, when Martin Luther read the book of James, he said this, the epistle of James should not be in the canon of scripture. He went as far as to say it was an uninspired book and should be thrown into the Rhine River. Now, at first, Martin Luther was a monk under the uh, Augustine order of the Catholic Church. However, his life was changed. His life was transformed when he came to the passage in the book of Romans that said the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. That is mentioned four times in the Bible. In the Old Testament, the book of Habakkuk, that's when it was first mentioned. Here in James, Hebrews, and also Romans. So that's where it's mentioned three times. This whole phrase, the just shall live by faith, where we get that doctrine, the theological term, the just shall live by faith, justification by faith. And so uh, at the time when Martin Luther uh, read this passage, he was set free, set free from religion, set free from rules and rituals and all kinds of works. So he broke away from the Catholic religion because of works. He realized he doesn't have to do all these things that the Catholic Church would tell him to do. It's all works. And some of it is not even in the scripture. So when he read that verse, the just shall live by faith, it changed his life. And so on October 31st, not Halloween, <laughs> he wasn't celebrating Halloween, but it, it marks a, an important time of history. October 31st in 1517, Martin Luther nailed his 95 thesis on the door of the church in Wittenberg, Germany. And that began the Protestant Reformation. Luther uh, studied the book of Romans and discovered the gospel of grace. So from legalism, religion, to grace, he's set free. Now he reads James. He's been set free from works, from religion. Now he reads James, and he, see, he reads that faith without works is dead. To him it was contradictory. He, he just couldn't put it together. And so now, after reading the, the book of James, later on, what happens now, he was inspired. He got to understand the passage of James. And later on, just before his death, he found out that the, the faith and works were actually worked together. And uh, he later on said, okay, yeah, I'll, we accept this now. And it is true. And so uh, just to give you an example, when we study the writings of the Apostle Paul, Paul is known as the champion of grace. Grace. And not works, not legalism, because he himself came from legalism. He was a Pharisee. But then now he's preaching the gospel of faith, justification by faith. And so we saved by faith. It's by faith that leads us to repentance. It's faith that now brings us to Christ. And simply just by believing, not by rules and regulations, not by doing any kind of rituals, but simply by believing in Christ because Christ done the complete work of salvation. So he, this is what Paul writes, and we know this, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Paul writes this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So on one hand, we have the Apostle Paul, the champion of grace, and champion of believing, having faith, 
for salvation. Now we read James after salvation. We need to have works with faith. So we have the two, but they actually complement each other. They actually complement each other. And so we, I can see where people get you know, confused, but I guess if you really study the Bible, that's why we study it verse by verse. But now we're dealing with this topic, this doctrine of faith and works. And about faith and works, it's like two sides to a coin, if you will. Two sides to a coin. On one side, Paul speaks about faith for salvation. On the other side, James speaks about faith after salvation. On one side, Paul speaks about the root of faith, while James speaks about the fruit of faith. Paul explains the passive side of faith. James explains the active side of faith. And so it is faith at the time of salvation, and it is faith after salvation. And so you see the life of the believer in Christ begins with faith, it continues with faith, and we continue with faith until we enter into his presence when we hear the Lord say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. So we had faith in order to be saved, but faith continues on. We already looked at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, but we also are told to walk by faith, right? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, Paul writes this to the church of Corinth. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a reward of those who diligently seek him. And whatever we do apart from faith is considered a sin. Paul tells us this when he wrote his letter to Rome. He said, for whatever is not from faith is sin. So you get the idea, right? Do we? Okay, we're going to make it more clear. Now let us study this verse by verse. He, uh, let's look at James chapter 2. For those you students are taking notes, we're going to look at two things. We're going to look at two things. In verses 14 to 20, verses 14 to 20, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. That's in verses 14 to 20. In verses 21 to 26, great examples of faith and works. Great examples of faith and works. That's in verses 21 to 26. So let us study it verse by verse. Let's look at verse 14. James writes this. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? And so James begins this portion of scripture by asking a couple of rhetorical questions. The first one is this, and I'm going to kind of paraphrase it for you. What good is it if you say you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions? Yeah. You understand. You're getting, it's the light it's just illuminating. For me, that's how it worked out. You know, by the way, understand that James is writing to the brethren. He's writing to believers. He's writing to you. And he's writing to me. We're believers in Christ, brothers and sisters in the Lord. He's writing to the brethren. So the question is addressed to all of us. Does your faith profit anybody? Does it, is there any action, any proof that you do have faith in Christ? Faith of a believer in Christ is something that is visible. It's supposed to be visible. The world ought to see it, witness it, and even profit from it, benefit from it. Faith is a faith that produces fruit and action. 
As a matter of fact, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verses 16 to 20, he said, for you will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Obviously, the passage, if you're familiar with this passage, Jesus is talking about false prophets, false teachers, right? But in the same way, we ought to look at others to see whether or not they have genuine faith in Christ by their works. Now, let's look at the second rhetorical question is at the end of verse 14. He said, can faith save him. Now, the him here in the Greek is referring to a third person. Okay, you have James asking the question. He's asking the question. The second person would be you or I. And the third person is talking about, can that person be saved based on your faith? What does he mean by that? Well, is your faith genuine enough that there's action, there's proof to show that the God you believe is true and that you are Christian, where it leads people to Christ? Does your faith then, is it profitable or unprofitable? The evidence, the fruit, the work of your faith should be a testimony of Christ. As a matter of fact, this is what Jesus said, and he also mentions that word work, right? Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, Jesus says this, Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works. And what? Glorify your Father in heaven. Do you see where James is coming from? It's also from the words of our Lord and Savior. Is your light shining? Is the works of your faith shining before the world where they can see your good work, where they can see the fruit of a real genuine Christian in faith, while they're able now to glorify God and most importantly, accept Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior? Now, I know you probably heard this phrase before, you know, that you are the Bible the world reads. By the way you live, you know, I kind of agree with it, but I don't, you know, stick to that kind of phrase, that that, that little cliche, because we need the word of God. We need the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, okay? Because you'll have people say, well, you know, I don't share the Bible, I don't share about Jesus, but I think my life is good enough to show that I'm a Christian, you see how people can take that to one, extreme, one extent? No, you need to share the gospel. But obviously, you need to have a good testimony. You're representing Christ. And so this work that, we, uh, that James is referring to is the evidence that you have a genuine faith in Jesus Christ, that you are a Christian. So he says, what does it profit? Christian, brothers, sisters in Christ. What does it profit if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can your faith lead others to Christ? Can your faith save anyone, him or her, anyone? That is the question. Now, in verses 15 and 16, James gives us an illustration, an illustration of one who's unprofitable, a faith that, that is without works. Let's look at verses 15 and 16. He said, if a brother or sister, again, see, he's referring to the church, If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it 
profit. That word profit again. Now, unlike today, I mean, we don't, we don't have a poor problem in America. The poorest people in America, the poorest person, and if you can find that person, is considered a millionaire compared to those in third world countries, okay? During the time when James wrote this letter, right, uh, you know, people had only one garment. They wore the same clothes every day. Only if you were wealthy, you probably had two or three. But that w- here, he's talking about brother, sister in Christ, and he describes this person as naked. Naked. You may say that's extreme. No, that's what it is. I looked at the Greek word, so it doesn't change. It's, it's the same thing we would think, consider it in English. It's naked. Or at the very least, the very, very least, the little piece of material he has on his body is to cover himself. That's a brother, sister in Christ. And it comes, when he, now he's talking about food. He's destitute of daily food. How many times do we eat a day? Like me, sometimes four or five. But three meals a day, we're talking about 21 meals for the week. This person is almost without food. And then someone like this is in the body of Christ or someone in, in need of something else. And always say to the brother and sister, oh, God bless you. Have a great day. Go put on some clothes and have a good meal. And you did nothing? And you did nothing? Hmm. Your words are worthless. What you just said to that person means absolutely nothing. As a matter of fact, it's probably even worse that somebody will probably degrade them with other words. Knowing their needs and you think your word is going to put clothes on them or feed them. This caring of the family or uh, one another wasn't only a New Testament teaching, but it was also in the Old Testament, as far as back as the book, the book of Deuteronomy. This is something that God had told the children of Israel in the same way that James tells us. God to- said to the children of Israel, Deuteronomy chapter 15, verses 7 and 8, he says, If there is among you a poor man of your brethren within any of the gates in your land which the Lord your God has given you, you shall not harden your heart nor shut your hand from your poor brother, but you shall open your hand wide to him, willingly lend him sufficient for his needs, whatever his needs. So this is not just a New Testament teaching. The same God that was in the beginning, right? The beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. It's the same God we serve now, okay? And that is the teaching of our Lord. Paul goes on to tell, write to the church of Galatia in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. He says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all. So to all people, but here it is, especially those who are in the household of faith, the body of Christ, We're to help all people, whether they're a part of us as the family of Christ or those outside. We're to help. This is is true Christianity. This is the heart of God. And can you imagine the testimony that we could send out to those who don't believe in Christ, that those who have this negative uh, view of church today, when they can see that the church of Christ is caring for one another, loving one another, 
feeding one another, helping out. You know, I'm so blessed to hear how some of the guys here, they always get together and you say, oh, we went down to this brother's house and we helped them cut down a tree or we helped this person move or we helped them with, and you just, I just hear it over and over again. And I can only imagine, I'm so blessed by hearing that. I can only imagine how it moves the heart of God. But more importantly, it's not for us to show anything, but God gets the glory because the world sees that. The world sees that we love one another enough to care, to go out our way for one another. That's what Jesus said in John chapter 13, verse 35. He said this, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And so after giving us that illustration, James goes on to say in verse 17, Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Now, let's, let's ponder that for a little bit. How, how many of us could say, yeah, we're born again. We love Jesus. We're Christians. We've been Christian for maybe a year, five years, 20, 30, 50 years. And how many of us can say, yes, that we can say that our faith produce that kind of work of loving one another to the point where we're sharing the gospel. You know, I always think about my life. It's not here. I'm not here for myself. I'm not here for myself. I'm here, number one, for the Lord. And I want to, when I stand before, I want to hear the Lord say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I want to hear the Lord say, because you let your light so shine, and because of your good works, many have come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Can we actually examine ourselves and say that, yes, this is true. Not only do I have faith, but I have the works to back it up. It's not for the sake of getting works to try to score points, but it should be evident in your life that you're a Christian by the life you live. So he goes on to say that Faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. I could picture James really, not only writing this, just don't ever think. I like to think outside the box. Don't think that this is the first time James actually spoke of these words, just by writing it. And then he puts it away. And it's been put in the canon of scriptures, and 2,000 years later, we're opening up this page. No, this is something that James probably preached. He didn't only just write it down. Matter of fact, I, I, I know that because this is what he mentions three times in this passage. He said, faith without works is dead. Drop down to verse 20. Look at verse 20. He says, oh, foolish man, faith without works is dead. Now drop down to verse 26. Faith without works is dead. Do you get the idea that faith without works is dead? Yes, it's dead. It means nothing. And what he means by dead here in the Greek means it's useless, ineffective, powerless. As opposed, as opposed to living, effective, vibrant faith. You've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie. Pastor Eddie's been digging into the book of James. This book is like a giant mirror that forces you to take a good look at the true you, challenging you to reflect in actions what you talk about on a daily basis. 
It's not enough to make a statement of faith. It must be lived out. Do you struggle with matching your behavior with your beliefs? We'd be honored to come alongside you in prayer. Won't you call or email us? All the contact information can be found on our website, runningtheraceradio.com. Again, that's runningtheraceradio.com. Running the Race is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Milford. Here's Jessica to tell you more about how you can partner with us beyond listening to our programs. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. If you're in the area, we'd love to have you come visit us. Service times and directions are on runningtheraceradio.com. Thank you for listening to this edition with Pastor Eddie and Running the Race.